0: Hey, would you open your Bibles uh, to First Peter chapter three, verses thirteen through eighteen, as we resume our book study on the epistle of 1 Peter called "Stand Firm." Because in 1 Peter chapter 5, Paul tells the churches that are spread out all through Asia Minor to stand firm in the true grace that is in Christ Jesus. And today we're going to unpack the title of the message, which is The Power of Suffering for Righteousness. Let me repeat that. The Power of Suffering for Righteousness. Now, suffering and affliction, it's a topic that nobody, by nobody, I mean nobody, wants to talk about. We all just want to live our lives here in Hawaii, uh, living our best life, and we want to look through uh, our life through the lens of rainbows, unicorns, and sunshine, but life is not all the time like that, right? Because we live in a fallen world with broken people, and... Uh, we go through uh, suffering and trials and affliction. It's a part of everyday life. You live your life long enough, you're going to go through some heartaches, some pain, some grief, some loss. And so there's in First Peter, there's two kinds of uh, suffering. There's righteous suffering or, or um, just suffering. And unjust, all right? And there's suffering because you did something wrong. We all do that. And But there's a type of suffering, righteous suffering, that there's a power and strength to that. Uh, you know, Michael Easter uh, wrote a book called The Comfort Crisis, and he talked about how the modern life, uh, we prioritize comfort over challenge. And when we choose not to um, approach and to confront and to go through trials and affliction and suffering, then our lives, it lacks resilience and perseverance. And we don't have that sense of, of grit to persevere through life. And, you know, many of us are, uh, many of us, we run from suffering. We see suffering as like obstacles in our lives that we just need to get over and get through the hump we distract, we jump over, we sidestep, we ignore, we medicate when we go through suffering. But Jesus, he calls us to take up our cross and to follow him. And listen, when you're on the cross, you cannot jump, you cannot tap out and escape. And the good news, church, is this, that that God doesn't abandon us in our hardships and in our sufferings. In fact, if we're willing to pay attention, if we are willing to go through and allow Christ to do His deep work, when we go through the dark night of our souls, when we go through a loss and betrayal and abandonment and forsakenness, when we go through that and allow us uh, the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, then we become like Jesus. And there's a strength to that, all right? So let's turn to our text in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy." For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. And so, Father, we realize, O Lord God, that we should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, Lord, right now, we approach your throne root of grace with confidence because of what you have accomplished over 2,000 years on the cross, that you paid for our sins, that you've forgiven us, but also, Lord God, that you were resurrected so that we could have life eternal and the life of victory and substance and death. And so, Father, I pray right now that as we hear your word, that our hearts will be fertile ground to receive your word as divine, God-breathed, word of God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Quiz time. Uh, Nikola Tesla, you know, the brilliant scientist and inventor. Giorgio Armani, the designer. John Quincy Adam, which is our sixth president. Little Kim, the rapper. <laughs> E.B. White, the author of Charlotte's Web. And Stuart Little, what do they have in common? You give up? (laughs) They share the same birthday, which is July 11th, which happens to be my birthday. Hey! All right? And, um, you know, there is this privilege of sharing something with someone famous, whether it's someone's famous birthday or there you maybe grew up in the same town or you went to the same school maybe you rode on the same airplane one time or you saw them at the airport or maybe uh, you saw someone famous like i saw bj pan at costco hawaii kai and i, I totally nerded out like a schoolgirl, right that uh, there's something uh, special about sharing someone that is important right uh, i would Growing up with my kids, I used to tell them that um, with, hey, that high school that I graduated from, Glendale High School, that's where John Wayne went to school at. You know, the famous actor played in cowboy movies, John Wayne, he went to my high school. And I kind of share that distinction. And what, going back to the sermon, what's the connection between the sermon on the power of suffering for righteousness and sharing in suffering. What is the connection of um, the power of suffering for doing good, going through affliction for doing the right thing, and sharing in suffering? Here's the main point. Spoiler alert. Would you write this down and text, uh, type this in? There is real power in righteous suffering because we are sharing in the suffering of Christ. Let me say that again, there is real, genuine power. There's this dynamic of power in righteous suffering, in suffering or affliction for doing the right thing because when we do that, we are sharing, we are participating, we are communing with the suffering of Jesus. Now, when I'm talking about suffering or affliction, uh, I'm talking of things like betrayals or p- pains that come from other people perhaps you've been misunderstood perhaps you've tried to follow jesus and 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 be a disciple of Christ and people misjudged you and mis um, mistook your your motives um, I'm talking about affliction you know hard things that were especially as leaders we're when we do the right thing sometimes it means that we have to end up or break a relationship sometimes when you follow Christ and you do the right thing and you end a toxic relationship maybe you were unequally yoked with an unbeliever maybe there were some friendships that weren't uh, lifting you up and building you up but they were tearing you down and you put an end to it and then there's a sense of suffering or affliction that you go through And it could be a circumstance that's particularly aggravating or it could be frightening. It can involve like a broken relationship or maybe like what I've gone through uh, these last uh, couple years is caring for elderly or aging parents or scars that you carry with you. Maybe uh, your suffering right now is that you made your vow to your spouse, to your husband or to your wife. And you're following through on your commitment. And it could be a difficult season of marriage in your life. Maybe maybe it could be you're in a difficult season of singleness. And trying to stay in the the straight and narrow path of following Jesus in holiness. It could be related to your family. Whether it's your children, your parents. But maybe you're still going through grief through the loss of a loved one. So... Um, suffering and righteous suffering or um, as Simone Weil would say affliction. It's this painful uh, disorientation of a world that's turned upside down. Maybe it's a sickness but here's the good news you guys that there's real power in suffering for doing what is right 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 says that if you are eager, the word eager there is um, literally the Greek word is zealot. If you are zealot of, of doing what is right before God, you're going to go through uh, suffering because just as the world hated Jesus, they're going to hate Jesus in you. There'll be, if you are a follower of, of Christ, if you're a zealot for doing good, listen, there will be a supernatural infilling, an endowment from the power of God himself being given to you. Because you, when you suffer for doing right, if you suffer for following Christ, you now share and partake and participate in the suffering of Christ. Jesus said, hey, in Luke chapter 6, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained, you will be like their teacher. If it, if it happened to Christ, it happens to those who are in Christ. That's one of the great uh, theological truths of uh, union with Christ, this doctrine of being united in, with Christ. And so let's look through real quickly the the." Con- connection or the correlation between suffering and sharing in the suffering of Christ because it's pretty prominent in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 13 it says but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed did you guys catch that that we're to rejoice the response to sharing in the suffering of Christ is that we're to be Filled with joy. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. We like that in the first part of Philippians 3, 10, right? That I may know the power of His resurrection. Yeah, I want to live victoriously. I want to have a, a sense of victory over my life. But how about sharing In the sufferings of Christ and becoming like Christ in His death. Right? And here's the power that when you and I suffer for doing what is right. And suffer and go through affliction for doing what is good. We share the quality of our Savior. We take on the character of our Christ. Look at Acts chapter 5, verse 40 to 41. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. They had them beaten. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering this grace for the name. The apostles, they were preaching the gospel. They were telling people the good news. And they were taken to court. They were flogged. They were beaten. But as they left, as they were dismissed, they rejoiced. They're like, man, somehow through our obedience, somehow through following Christ, we become like him and his character that what happens to Christ, what happens to Christ happens to those who are in Christ. Just as Jesus was beaten and forsaken, as was neglected and betrayed, and was persecuted. We too, they rejoiced, the disciples, because they were, they were counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. And I have two points for us in verses thirteen through fifteen. The first is this: You guys, would you uh, type this in or write this down? The result of righteous suffering is being blessed. The result of righteous suffering is being blessed. Now, it may seem like it's, you know, an oxymoron, suffering and blessing. It seems like they don't go together. But in 1 Peter, uh, it's actually pretty uh, prominent. Where do we see that? Look in verse 13, uh, chapter 3. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, what happens? What happens? What is the result of... Righteous suffering, you will be blessed. Now, there's two instances of this word blessed or makarios in Greek in uh, First Peter. The next one is in chapter 4. Let's read that one. If you are, verse 14, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. You. What is the blessing when you are going through suffering for the name of Jesus and for the sake of righteousness and doing what's right? You are blessed because the spirit of glory. Now, this word "glory" uh, doxa in Greek, but in Hebrew it's kabod, literally means the heaviness of God. The the. The weight of God's presence, the the heaviness of His presence, it rests upon you and you are blessed. And God Himself rests upon you when you are insulted for the name of Christ. Jesus says in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It's a blessing when you're persecuted for Jesus because it validates, it affirms, it confirms that you belong to Christ. You know, blessings may encompass the joys of life and the riches of life, but for Peter, the privilege of living rightly because of Christ and suffering for it, nothing less than a blessing. It is a sign of God's favor and evidence of one's salvation. Peter says, hey, when you're slandered, uh, those who revile your good behavior, they may be put to shame, later on in verse 16. You know, in my junior year of high school, um, 1997, we moved from uh, Baldwin Park, California to Glendale, California. Uh, But the year before, my sophomore year, I got radically saved and my heart was on fire and I was passionate about Jesus in my first day in Glendale High School, I had AP English, and we had an icebreaker, and we had to get paired up with a neighbor, the person next to us, and I'll never forget, and the neighbor's name is Vazrik, Armenian guy, there's a lot of Armenians in Glendale, and so, uh, you know, you go through, hey, what's your favorite food, what's your favorite sport, um, like, who's the most influential person in your life, you know, that kind of thing, and so, Um, We had this teacher, she was a little bit younger, Uh, maybe she's maybe five, six years removed from uh, UCLA uh, grad school. And so, you know, I told everybody, or I told Basrae, I was like, hey, the most influential person in in my life, besides uh, my dad, is probably my youth pastor because he's really invested in me. He's He's changed my life for the good, and I'm forever grateful. You know, and so as Rosrick, uh, my classmate, hey everybody, this is John, He's, he loves the Lakers, his favorite food is burrito, and the most influential person in his life is his youth pastor because he loves Jesus and Jesus changes life. And then um, my English teacher, let's just say her name is Miss Harper, okay? Miss Harper, that's not her real name. Um, she's like, oh, John, okay. So you're the Bible Christian boy, huh? I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, and she said, you know what, you wait. I was just like you when I was in high school and I was part of the Christian club. But, you know, once I got to UCLA, I became enlightened. I got exposed and my naivete was exposed and I got to see the real world. And you watch, you watch. Right. As soon as you graduate from high school, you go to college and you'll be enlightened and you'll be free and from the shackles and the illusion of religion and Christianity. And so from that point on, man, she would call me Bible boy or Christian boy, and she would just pretty much shame and like publicly mock me in front of the class, you know, and just really put me on the spot. It's like, oh, John, uh, what does the Bible say about masturbation? From a christian point of view about uh you know and she's like oh what does uh, the bible say about dating what would a good christian boy like you take a girl on a date i'm like i don't know like bowling or something because you know you get to talk you're not just watching a movie um and you know there'll be times where it's like okay guys i'm kind of not feeling it i'll just put on a movie but um we have our bible christian boy uh, this movie has some curse words in it some cursings and and I don't want you guys to just uh, I don't want to be reported I don't want any parents to report me so could could I be assured that <clears throat> the, the Christians in here especially the Bible Christian boy that he would uh, not snitch on me and tell their parents that I put on a bad movie a rated R movie you know and then so she publicly just did that for like a whole a whole, school year you know but I honored Christ I was like Lord um, you know it got me so dependent I was like Lord give me wisdom today I don't know what to say I don't know what she's gonna say I don't know if she's gonna put me on the spot it made me watch my witness Um, there was a girl um, next to me her name was Lauren and she was a punk rock girl and like you know shaved head with like piercings everywhere eyebrows nose lips piercings, multiple piercings on her ears, and, you know, I be, we became good friends, and it came to the point where, um, you know, Lauren was missing, and she got sick, or she had some family problems, and Miss um, Harper was like, hey, uh, do you know what's going on with Lauren? What's going on? I know you guys are friends, which is so weird, because she's so punk rock, and you're so straight edge, but I don't know why she's friends with you, like, I don't know, <laughs> anyways, so fast forward uh, 12 years. Um, when one of my mentors, uh, my high school teacher, Mr. Woods, Jeff Woods, um, his father passed away. And so Miss Harper was one of her his colleagues, and so she came to support one of her colleagues' father passing away. And this is 12 years later. I graduated in 19, 1998. And so this is about 2009, 2010. And you know, I was married to Renee. I had two kids. Uh, loved the Lord, and I saw Miss Harper, and I could still still rank true. You know, her voice is still <laughs> uh, resonated about. Oh, you go to college, you'll see, and you'll have freedom, and you know the all that st- stink that she was talking about. And here she was uh, she was she had two kids and she was pregnant with a third child and unmarried with three different dads and it looks like she aged like 20 years from the stress and um here i was you know married to the love of my life gonna be married uh, for 18 years and not only that i have now I have three wonderful boys, uh, boys who love the Lord. and But even during that time, I think we just had found out that we were going to move to Hawaii and we were going to serve Jesus in paradise in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, there's a blessing to being persecuted for the name of Christ. You know, I honored Christ. I... Um, denied myself i took up my cross and i followed him and here's some uh, community builder questions as we get into small groups number one is do you consider righteous suffering as a blessing why or why not why is righteous suffering a blessing uh, secondly are you currently going through suffering and affliction if so how and lastly what do you think God is teaching you in your posture as you face suffering? What is God teaching you as you go through suffering? And we'll go ahead and close with this is the response to righteous suffering, we know that the result is blessing, right? How blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of sinners or stand in the way of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. How blessed is that person? But the response now to righteous suffering is to not be afraid and to remain faithful to Christ. Don't be afraid. That's how you respond. And remain faithful. Where do we see that? Look at verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. And here's the second part. How do we respond to righteous suffering? Have no fear of them those who would trouble you or be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. You know, we're out of time. you got to join us for live in-person service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. But I just want to encourage you uh, that not to be afraid when you go through suffering when you go through affliction when you go through a difficult season in your life because the whole you you are blessed because God is doing something in you what happened to Jesus happened to those who are in Jesus and not only that church but by the authority of God's word do not fear Jesus says don't fear uh Don't fear anybody but the one who could send your soul to hell. (laughs) Fear God. Don't fear anybody else and remain faithful. Always be ready to have a hope that you have in you. And later on in verse 18, Peter closes this section off by telling them, hey, for Christ died once and for all, the righteous and the unrighteous. See, um, Peter, he coordinates and he hangs, he juxtaposes suffering, our suffering, and he says, hey, to the suffering of Jesus, Christ died once and for all, the righteous, Jesus, for the unrighteous, me and you, so that he might bring us to God. And you suffering rightly for the sake of Christ. It will bring people to God. It will become a test. Your period of testing will become into a period of testimony. The mess that you've gone through, the Lord will make a message out of your life that people will be brought to God through your righteous suffering. Don't be afraid, know that it's a blessing. Okay? And remain faithful. In your hearts set, honor Christ as Lord, revere Christ as Lord, that He is worthy. And it says, being made alive, being put to death in the flesh. When you, I'll close with this, when we suffer, church, it puts to, it crucifies, it mortifies, it puts to death pride. It puts to death a sense of, um, uh, our strong will—it puts to death uh, the illusion of control. Because w- when we are succeeding and everything's going right and everything's all good in the hood, like Tiger Woods, we're like, "Yeah, everything's awesome," and we think we're in control. But we go through suffering and we go through affliction and trials and persecution for the sake of Christ. We we realize that only Christ is in control, and and it crucifies that and it says being made alive that now we've been raised to a new life we come out as new people better people broken people what does the lord require the lord doesn't require the sacrifice of bulls and goats and offering but the lord requires a broken and a contrite spirit we come out as new um, new people in christ amen let's go ahead and pray heavenly father we thank you for this time, O Lord God, that you've spoken so clearly to us, and I just pray right now, Lord, that for some of us who are going through suffering, um, Lord, who are going through a dark night of the soul, a season, Lord Jesus, of affliction, I pray, O Lord God, that they would know that they are blessed because it happened to their Savior, how could it not happen to them? And secondly, Lord, that they would not be afraid, but that they would honor you as Lord, and remain faithful. Lord, strengthen us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord be with you. Love you guys. Have an amazing week.